the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Greetings. It's meeting time. And today we're going to continue our introduction of the second step towards wholeness. We came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And as forementioned in previous meetings, this being a Christian meeting, our power that we believe in is the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe that God, through the saving grace of his Son, Jesus Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit will launch us forward in our recovery, healing, and the renewing of our minds. But sadly to say, in the beginning of this journey, Satan uses our addictive paralysis to give up on God. In our deranged thinking, he bombards our minds with lies, lies, and more lies. And if you were with us last week, we discussed and rebuked one of his lies, the lie that we're too far gone for salvation, restoration, and wholeness of mind. We learned of the miracle of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And when we feel like our lives are too far gone, we can remember Lazarus. Look, if you're a child of God saved by grace, when God is in the picture, you're never too far gone to be raised from your walking dead existence of addiction. Now, you may be thinking, easy for you to say. Some of you still feel that God has abandoned you. You're thinking, I tried God in the past and nothing's changed. You're tired of claiming Bible verses or praying for deliverance to no avail. So you're finished with God. I got to tell you, one point in my life, I felt the same way. So let me try to help you overcome this diseased thinking. In previous meetings, we learned the three principles that must be applied to our lives and accompany these 12 steps of recovery in order for us to receive this miracle of restoration. We must be honest, open-minded, and willing. That's how this program works. H-O-W, how. And the truth of the matter is, in the early stages of my recovery, I did the opposite of how this program works. Like the old ballad goes, I did it my way, and I failed miserably. I wasn't honest with God, my family, my peers, or myself. I never came to terms with the truth that I was totally powerless over Satan's control, over his demise in my life. This first step never traveled from my head to my heart. Listen, I believe the most powerful weapons that Satan has in his arsenal are obsession and compulsion, which cause unbelief, lost years, lost relationships, lost careers, and too many times, death. Satan's a liar, a thief, and a murderer, and that's how he works. Whenever there was emotional pain in my life, Satan would pull out these big guns of obsession and compulsion. I'd forget about God, relapse, and ignite the vicious cycle of addiction and suffer severe 
consequences. I can't tell you how many hundreds of times I proclaimed this first step of powerlessness and unmanageability, but I never accepted complete defeat. For days, weeks, months, and years, I would obsess and indulge compulsively on my idols of destruction, alcohol, drugs, and gambling. I lost all sense of reality. I was totally insane. And when my life was totally out of control and suffering with the consequences of my addiction, then I'd call on God. But instead of surrendering to him, I'd make demands or try to make deals with him. I'd tell him, I'm going to drink or get high one more time, and then I'll go to treatment, meetings, and back to church. Or I'm going to gamble until I get even, and then I'll quit. How ridiculous does that sound? How insane is that reasoning? Are you making deals with God? How's that working for you? Look, we can't tell God what we need to recover or demand anything because his solutions to our dilemma is so much different than ours. So while we're trying to control our lives with our insane rationale, is it any wonder that God is silent? Look, addictive thinking births unbelief, and we lose all sense of reality. And Paul warns us of this in the scripture I asked you to reference, Romans 1, 21 through 23. Let me go there. They knew God, but they wouldn't worship him. They wouldn't even give him a thanks. They began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like, and their minds became dark and confused. And claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping God, they worshiped idols made to look like people, birds, animals, and reptiles. Wow, there's some powerful life lessons to be learned in Paul's teaching. You see, in our short-circuited thought process, instead of our thoughts on worshiping and trusting God, instead of being honest, open-minded, and willing to follow God's plan and journey of restoration— We give ourselves over to speculation that we're too far gone, that God has abandoned us. Following God isn't working. I can do this my way, and so on and so on. We believe all the lies that Satan pollutes our diseased thinking with. We reject the light of the world, Jesus Christ, and we plunge into the dark, confusing place of this disease called addiction. Our self-will and ignorance precipitates rejecting the knowledge of God. And in our insane thinking, we exchange worshiping God for worshiping our idols. Alcohol, drugs, gambling, food, sexual addiction, pornography, overeating. You know your idols. Let me be blunt. In our addictive lifestyle, we are sacrificing our lives to these idols. And in 1 Corinthians 10, 20, Paul is being blunt. When he warns us the things we sacrifice, and I might add, that's our whole being. The things we sacrifice are offered to demons, not God. And in our addiction, instead of sacrificing our lives to God, we are bowing down to Satan. And once again, we believe Satan's lies We reject the truth. And in a short period of time, we exist in a willful life of sins leading to jails, institutions, and too many of us die. And for years, I existed in this downward spiral that Paul described. 
I surrendered and I worshiped, but I surrendered to Satan and I worshiped my idols. Insanity, insanity, insanity. Now, for the sake of time, let me jump ahead. After years of my insane existence, after short stints in lockup, after nearly dying, I finally became honest, open-minded, and willing, and I went to any lengths to get my life back. I repented for my sins. I spent an extended period of time in treatment facilities. I went back to meetings. I went back to church, and today, I meet with you with over 28 years of recovery and healing. Amen. Now, I said all that to say this, you're not unique. You see, we, we've all used the same excuses to do it our way. And recovery literature warns us that this mindset creates a major problem. Here it is. We're no different from a person who says God doesn't exist. Both are resisting help and both have a closed mind and won't admit defeat. Listen, if you truly want restored sanity, you must humble yourself to the process of complete surrender and trusting the one who knows all. And that one created you, and that's God. In James 4.10, we're taught, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. This is the way that we should respond when Christ exposes us to ourselves. And if we're honest, open-minded, and willing, he will lift us up in his time. But unfortunately, in our insanity, we become desperate and we want it now. And then Satan sends his demons of pride, self-will, opposing God's program of restoration, which continually leads to unbelief, confusion, and strife. But again, you're not unique. Most of us have had a hard time modeling submission and humility. Please hear me. True recovery and healing can only be achieved when we humbly submit our whole being to God's program. And then I can make you this promise. When you strive to apply James' wisdom of humility, when you bow down to God instead of Satan, when you start feeling the Holy Spirit working in your life, you'll draw closer to God. Your dependencies will weaken. The obsession and compulsion will dissipate. And God will indeed restore you to sanity and rebuild your life. Now, how do I know this? Because God restored a sick puppy like me and millions of others. You're not unique. Look, we didn't get sick in one day. Unless God heals us instantly, we're not going to get better in one day. This is a spiritual warfare, friends. This isn't a skirmish, but a full-blown-out life-or-death war. And God is the general, and he has a battle plan that will defeat Satan. And it's in his time. That's when the Holy Spirit will crush Satan in the battlefield of our minds. And Satan's control, we're like prisoners of war. And the Holy Spirit is on a rescue mission to free us from these chains of addiction. But this doesn't mean we stay idle in this battle. God wants us to prepare for an escape route. As in war, there's pain, wounds, and casualties in recovery. You see our bad habits, traits, and behaviors. They've been with us for years, and they've caused a lot of pain. The pain of obsession, compulsion, and withdrawal. They linger on. 
But here's the thing. They can be used as a signal to ask for help and seek out an escape route from our imprisonment of addiction. So how do we find this escape route? We must repent, recommit our lives to our Savior, get back to church, read and study Scripture. His teachings have the power of cleansing our soul. And in these teachings, you'll discover the 12 principles that draw us closer to God and release us from this bondage of addiction. You need to go to 12-step recovery meetings, learn what we do, do what we do, and join us on God's rescue mission of wholeness. God wants us to do what we can, and he'll do the rest. My friends, the last thing Satan wants you to do is join us. So he'll lie again and again, telling us God has retreated from our lives. And when we believe this lie, we're the one retreating back to being a prisoner of war. And Paul rebukes this in the scripture I also asked you to reference, Romans 3, 21 through 26. He proclaims that we're all sinners, but yet God in his grace and love makes us right in his sight when Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He shed his blood and died for our sins, for our sins of addiction, and he makes sinners free from the penalty of sin when they believe in Jesus. Finally, it's insane not to accept this free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. It's insane to think that God has abandoned us or rejected us. It's insane to say that we're finished with God. The Holy Spirit is waiting to be victorious in this spiritual warfare, but we must be willing to do God's will not ours. Rescue and deliverance comes after we surrender, accept our powerlessness, be patient, and you too will come to believe that God could restore you to sanity. Amen? Powerful message. Next week, we're going to introduce the third step of recovery, that we made a decision to turn our will and lives over to the care of God. And I want you to reference Matthew eleven, twenty-seven through 30. Talk to you then.